Welcome in to the CHGO White Sox podcast, coming to you live from the National oh, Sports, Sports Collect- Collectors, Collectors Convention. Convention, the National, as we call it, uh, in the biz. Yeah. Uh, welcome in. We are coming to you live from Rosemont, Illinois. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. You can follow us on X at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Follow the show uh, on X at CHGO underscore White Sox. Mine has not changed to X yet. I'm well, still all Twitter whenever it opens. Mine right. Too. It's still Twitter.com. But I've got no logos. I've still got the bird. Sean on his computer has You've got an X, X in the corner. Interesting. Yeah, right when you sign on to it, you'll see a little X on the screen, too. Oh, not but, for yeah. me. Uh, it still says tweet. Maybe it's because I'm in the app only and you're on the website. That could be. But you know what? I'm very happy to be in Rosemont. I, it's those, those ones that end in Mont, great for the Chicago accent. Rosemont, <laughs> Lamont. There's no, there's Westmont. There's no better intersection for a Chicago accent in the city than Cicero and Belmont. (laughs) That's Vinny Tuber. You can follow him on Twitter at Vinny Tuber. He's our CHGO speed writer and our uh, street expertise or expert. Uh, That's Herb Lawrence. Hello. What's your favorite city in Chicago? That uh, area he's talking about is in Belmont, Cregan. Belmont, Cregan. Belmont. Uh, the old score studios used to be on Belmont. Right there. Yeah. What he was th- explaining is the score studio was like a block away from there. I, be- I went by there a couple weeks ago in uh, Decrepit. No, the bunker. Uh, yeah. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. We are coming to you live again from uh, the National in Rosemont. After uh, a crosstown series that was pretty dull, we do want to thank our friends over at Hooters, though, for their crosstown. I'm sorry, dull? Last night? That was anything but dull. I Maybe I, <laughs> my feelings are dull after watching the White Sox lose two straight to the Cubs. But uh, our CHGO Crosstown Classic coverage is brought to you by Hooters. Hooters is your spot to catch all the games this season. Step up to our plate for world-famous wings, delicious seafood, stack sandwiches, salads, great drink specials, and more. At Hooters, it's always easy to pick a winner. 11 Chicagoland locations. Herb's been to all of them. Mm-hmm. Visit EarlyJournalHooters.com for more info. So let's set it up. Let's go through the day yesterday. Let's talk a little bit about the White Sox game. Let's talk a little bit pregame because we heard a lot of rumors about Lance Lynn. That crazy game happens where it wasn't dull, as Vinny wanted to, to Not know. Not dull. And then we're driving home on the bus back to uh, Gaelic Park in Oak Forest, and Lucas Giolito is traded. A wild day. We're going to take you through all of it. How surprised are you guys that Lucas Giolito is the first player traded off the Sox? Yeah, I mean, well, I th- and Reynaldo Lopez. Right, right. I, th- I think that that kind of is the, the thing that surprised most folks around the game is the, the timing of this, not that Lucas Giolito was going to be traded because he was supposed to be traded maybe more so than anybody, at least on the Sox roster, if not in the game of baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's gone here on a Wednesday night uh, when the deadline is the following Tuesday evening. I think a lot of folks thought that this was going to go all the way to the end just because, hey, he's one of the highest, uh, um, you know, most interest starters on the market. That's what people want at the trade deadline. Start that bidding war and let it go. But hey, the, the White Sox return in this deal uh, is getting pretty well reviewed. Uh, I, I think Ken Rosenthal called it a coup this morning in his uh, write-up for the Athletics. So um, to get two of the top three prospects of the organization that, that Lucas and Reynaldo went to, the Los Angeles Angels, uh, seems like a, a decent return. I don't. It, it might be the high point for returns, though, because I'm not sure anybody else is quite as attractive as Lucas Giolito. Absolutely. Very surprised. Uh, my phone was dead after the game, and so I had to find out while I was talking to Sox of the Basement host Chris Lanuti, and he informed me at Cork and Carey that the trade had gone through. I was like, no, no way. Like, why would they? 
at night? What? Okay, word. All right, cool. And so when I saw it, I was like kind of filled with sadness because the person of Lucas Giolito and of course Ronaldo Lopez, they both came over together from uh, the, uh, the Washington Nationals, not the Nationals like we're at right now. But I feel sad that the player is gone from the White Sox. I thought that, you know, he could lead this new whatever it's going to be in the future to some greatness. I mean, still, you know, they can, they still have the opportunity, and I think Rick spoke about it, to sign him as a free agent, both Ronaldo and Lucas Giolito. But that's more likely, uh, more unlikely to happen. So when he left and I was like, mm, it's tough to lose a player like that, but he deserves to go for a championship. And I don't know if the Angels are going to get to the playoffs, but – they're going for it, so it's a little, a little uh, heartening that they're actually going for it and going to keep Shohei Tani there, and then Lucas gets to play with that guy. I think right now the Lopez coming back would make sense, but Rick also said he would love to see Carlos Rodon back in a White Sox uniform and Jose Abreu, so I don't really take that. I mean, they are available Those are to true. Sign. He yeah. would like to have seen them back, <laughs> but it, 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 it didn't work out that way, did right. it? Right. I don't, I don't have too much hope for Lucas to return, uh, but you know, hopefully he has a, a good time in, in Los Angeles. Same with Reynaldo Lopez. Um, you know, we got the chat going. Uh, Matthew Lucas said he's really only watching games because you all put in work to provide content for fans of this godforsaken franchise. Sox, Sox content community is awesome and worth supporting. Thank you, Matthew Lucas. And uh, AJ's announcing that he's officially in his villain era. Uh, I do get it. Um, also, someone said Gene Lamont. Um, yeah, oh, perfect. So. If only Gene Lamont would have gone into live in Lamont. <laughs> Gene Lamont in Lamont. Um, and Cicero. Um, is there a Cicero run through Lamont? Probably. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. That might be a little, a little far, far west. It's not. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah. Okay. A little far west, right, Steven? your local suburb expert. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Our one suburban resident That's over here, right. Steven, needs to inform <laughs> us on suburban geography. Um, but Lucas, I think the big thing that, you know, he leaves a, a massive impression. A lot of people are saying the rebuild is over, and that was a large part of uh, the rebuild starting was that Lucas, Reynaldo Lopez, and Dane Dunning return for Adam Eaton. What is the lasting impression Lucas has left on this organization? You know, Rick Hahn talked about the private conversation that they had, uh, how emotional Lucas was, and how he talked about the trust that this organization has given him. What moments stick out from Lucas's career that show how we got to this point where he's getting two of the, or, you know, two of the top three prospects from different organizations? Yeah, I mean, if you really look at it, Obviously, we're still in the middle of what Luis Robert Jr. and Dylan Cease are doing, right? The book is still very much open on their careers, uh, or their White Sox careers specifically. Tim Anderson's might be nearing the end as he's scheduled for free agency after next year, should they pick up the option. Um, and obviously, he's become one of the faces of baseball, in my opinion, at times during that tenure. Yep. But other than T.A. and, and other than the uh, to-be-continued uh, aspect of Robert and Cease, no player during this rebuilding era was probably more accomplished than Lucas Giolito. And I leave out Jose Abreu because he was here well before that rebuild era began. Mm -hmm. uh, Lucas Giolito went from a prospect acquired to kickstart the rebuild, to be that one of those guys to help them to the glory days, right? And though the glory days didn't come for the team or haven't come for the team to this point, the glory days came for Lucas. I mean, the guy, the guy went from worst pitcher in baseball to mm -hmm. an all-star, to an, an ace of the staff basically for the majority of his time in a White Sox uniform. You can debate that term as much as you'd like. But um, 
guy threw a no-hitter, obviously. Uh, that moment sticks out to me more even so than Carlos Rodon's no-hitter, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just because it was the, the first of them, I guess, and uh, uh, just a, a, a moment that continued his ascension from where he started. And you guys were one of the few people who saw that. That's true. We were. In, I was in the ballpark for that one, and, and no fans were able to be that year. Uh, but then to go and have that tremendous playoff performance in Oakland um, and then have a very nice 2021 season as well. Obviously the down year last year, but three years in a row of finishing top 11 in the Cy Young. I mean, the lasting legacy of Lucas Giolito is he's one of the better pitchers the White Sox have seen since since Chris Sale left. Yeah, and I think that um, some fans want to always poo-poo Lucas. And like Vinny was saying, uh, alluding to about the word ace, and we say his name, hey, Luke Ace Giolito. And so when he has the struggles in 2020, people are like, ah, see, told you, Lucas sucks. But that is the thing I love about Lucas. 2018, we already said, worst pitcher in baseball, comes back and gets his stuff together with the help of Ethan Katz. And that is another legacy that Lucas will leave. He got his high school coach hired pretty much for the White Sox. I mean, got the job done. He, he was in the majors already. I understand, <laughs> but, you know, that's the guy. If he doesn't help Lucas, does he? is he here? Probably not. More than likely than not. So the adversity he has faced in his life, and he perseveres through that. And you could see through games where he struggles early in games, and then he adjusts to what he has in front of him and says, okay, they've been hitting my fastball pretty hard. Let me throw my changeup. Let me throw my slider. And he's that pitcher that I think Michael Kopech should have sat right next to and said, hey, man, what do you do with the stuff that you have? Because he doesn't have good stuff, as good a stuff as Michael Kopech does. But he gets people out. And there's a reason why the Angels came for him. Because the Angels are try- trying to go to that next level, and they need that middle, eh, probably mid to upper level starting rotation pitcher. And that's what Lucas is. And Ronaldo Lopez, same thing. Like, he went the opposite way. Had a great 2018 and we were thinking, okay, here we go. And then he has faltered in his career since, but then reinvented himself as a great bullpen guy last year, struggled early this year, and has come back to be the guy that's kind of reliable. So I think the Angels are getting some quality arms right there. And uh, the return, to me, is surprising because I'm thinking about the White Sox and how I view them. But the rest of the league views White Sox players as premium talents because they got their two, two of their top three prospects coming back. That's nothing to shake your finger at. But it is a seller's market. I think that's the, th- the biggest thing that's clear. And, you know, we, we kind of kept laying that out, you know, even all the way back in May. It's just like the White Sox are really the only team that's bad with anything appealing. Like the Royals. And are, a lot of it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. The Royals are, are bad, but they're yeah. also just like not interested. The A's are bad and they just traded away their one interesting player to the Orioles. They're kind of done. Like all the, the White Sox kind of have uh, all the... The prettiest eggs? I don't know what what the prettiest the, eggs. You know, <laughs> farmer farmers market selling eggs. I don't know. What do you sell? <laughs> yeah, I guess cards. You could sell baseball cards. The prettiest baseball cards. There you the go. The most minted of uh, of baseball cards. A Don Ross. <laughs> but I, I agree with your point too about Ethan Katz. Like Lucas's reformation change in 2018 to 2019 is basically you know now the the the, the entire. White Sox pitching uh, mentality. Like, mm-hmm. we see Lucas shorten up his arm swing. We now see that with uh, Dylan and Jimmy Lambert, right? Davis Martin, too. Like, a lot of what helped Lucas from 2018 to 2019 is what Ethan Katz is teaching all of the players that come into uh, this organization. And there's so many moments, like you mentioned, the no-hitter, 
the game in Oakland in that, that postseason that Pedro, you know, wanted to tap into this year. But that 2019 season was truly just amazing to watch because he was so bad. I mean, he kind of started the season bad. And then in the sixth game in May 7th, uh, went seven and one-thirds, three hits, three walks, eight Ks against the Guardians. And it just kind of felt like he first showed that, like, intensity, that, like, oh, I got this. Like, I'm, I'm really settling in. And then from there, uh, he had an ERA all the way till August 21st of uh, 303. And then he kind of started to get inflated, uh, right, like, around July 20th. It was 312. Then he gave up seven earned runs, got up to 352. It was around 341 going into August 21st at Minnesota. Complete game, that three game. hitter, yeah. no walks, twelve strikeouts, and that's the groundwork basically of the no hitter and the, the the 2020 game. He gained that confidence. He understood, hey, I can just dominate, and he did. And and it's really exciting to see him healthy this year. And I, you know, we we talk about this with Liam, but it does seem like Lucas, the person, is just a, a an insanely quality person, insanely nice and generous person. We hear a lot of the media uh, really resounding that that. Lucas has been so mature, and uh, he is just so, I mean, a, a pro. I mean, he's always been a professional. You bring up the story with Mike Rizzo when he was signing, uh, you know, trying to get the most for what he was. He's always been coming into professional baseball to be a pro, and we see the groundwork laid by his uh, parents, Rick and uh, Lindsay. You know, I mean, they, they really raised a, a good kid. So, uh, you know, it, it sucks that he's leaving the, uh, the organization. Uh, Rick Hahn kind of talked about that. We got sound from him uh, signaling whether this is a rebuild also talked about the players they got back, so we'll kind of talk about the direction of the franchise um, after our first break. Want to let you know, though, about our friends over at Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary. Right now, they have a great sale. We got our code CHGO25. Use it at checkout for 25% off your total order. One use per customer. It's not stackable with other promotions, and that's not just for new customers. Anyone can use our code. So pick up everything you need to elevate your summer. They got a ton of in-house brands like Mindy's, Good News, Cresco, High Supply, Floracale, Wonder, Remedy. And if you don't know what those brands are, maybe you're a newbie or a novice to the cannabis world. Their bud tenders will help you. It's a one-stop shop for all your cannabis needs, no matter where you are on your cannabis journey. They have easy online ordering and in-store pickup, and they have great transparent loyalty program, uh, a loyalty program, Sunnyside Rewards. And they have dispensaries all the way from the city to the suburbs, uh, Wrigleyville to River North, Champaign to South Beloit. Maybe Lamont as well. I don't know. Rosemont to Lamont. Rosemont. Uh, so again, through August, head to sunnyside.shop and use code CHGO25 at checkout for 25% off your total order. One use per customer, not stackable with other promotions. And that's not only for new customers. Anyone can use our code. Pick up everything you need to elevate your summer with Sunnyside Cannabis Dispensary. Must be 21 plus or an Illinois Med Card holder. And want to let you know about our friends at Lewis. Uh, that one is in Romeoville, not a, a Mont. Correct. It's, it's close enough, enough to, to Lamont. Is it? Yes. Steven, suburb. It's not very far. It's okay. uh, Romeoville's just a little north of Lamont. All right. North of Lamont, 35 miles southwest of Chicago in Romeoville. Lewis University has students that are just like you. They have full-time jobs, families, and full-time sports fandoms. Uh, to go back to school to earn a respected degree at Lewis University. If you're looking to complete your bachelor's degree or master's degree or enroll in a professional certificate program, Lewis has the right program for you. They have grad programs in criminal justice and public safety, data science, computer science, cybersecurity, business analytics. My guy who works at uh, 7-Eleven is getting his master's program over at Lewis University. My guy, Ashish, shout out. Uh, They also have adult undergrad programs in computer science, aviation maintenance technology certification, 
uh, business analytics, criminal justice, business programs, technology programs, and uh, my cousin went there for nursing after she didn't love her first choice in college, and she finished her degree over at Lewis University. So, so did Jay Zawoski. So did Jay. Where's Jay? Oh, he's gone. He's uh, wandering. He's exploring the grounds here, I think. Yeah. He's in Lamont. Uh, <laughs> discover how a degree from Lewis University can help you build a better word world learn more at lewisu.edu slash you can do this um so Vinny, yeah crazy game 10 to 7 yeah. um but then you're kind of saying like there's a little bit of a you don't know what was going on after the game right kind of waiting a waiting pattern a holding pattern you're hot sweating mark carmen's bugging you and then <laughs> uh finally they say you know hey rick hans coming out check your phones what was that like you know just having that unknown of hey who's getting traded or why are we waiting around because it was late night like you were saying I mean I wasn't expecting it you weren't expecting it didn't seem like the media was expecting it um that's just kind of the time that we're in I mean a a deal could happen right now as we're talking yeah and especially too with the White Sox and the large number of players that they've had rumored to be of interest to other clubs I mean literally yesterday was a uh, uh, not literally. Yesterday was a w- metaphorical wave of rumors throughout the whole day. I mean, we had a lot about Lance Lynn earlier in the day, the Rays, the Dodgers. Then we're talking about Joe Kelly. Then we're talking about Dylan Cease. Then we're talking about Aaron Bummer. I mean, those those, those national reporter types who are, are doing all the talking this type of, this time of year, we're bringing up all those guys. And so, you know, you got to be on your toes in a, in, a, in a way and uh, expect anything to happen at any time. Giolito, of course, was the, the, the supposed big fish. And so to see him be the one who was traded not super surprising in the end other than the timing that i spoke about earlier but you know we there was a question asked of pedro in the pregame pregame media session hey is lance gonna start what do you do if lance gets <laughs> traded and of course pedro's like well he hasn't been traded why would i you know what's, we're, we're prepared for whatever kind of thing but you know these are that is this time of year you've always got to kind of be ready for that and i'll say this when things do get uh you know, when the wait after a game gets longer and longer, you do kind of expect something transactional to be occurring. Absolutely. Um, l- let's set up Rakan because then yep. after waiting, you got to speak to Rakan, hear from Rakan. Um, the timing was peculiar. Um, we'll hear from Rakan about the rebuild, the return that they got, and what it signals. Um, I did think that Lucas was definitely going to make another start with the Sox, and it was surprising to see him traded. It was supposed uh, to be tomorrow. Last night, yep. yeah. Uh, supposed to uh, start after Dylan Cease on, on Friday. Um, let's hear from Rakan on what this signals and if it signals a rebuild. Do you, uh, you look at this as, I mean, I don't know if it's fair to ask you, but is this the start of a, another rebuild? Is this, uh, oh, geez. let's, over the course of the next week or so, we're going to make the moves that make sense to put us in the best position going forward in terms of declaring, you know, titles or where we're at for the organization going forward. There'll be plenty of time for that come. But you're obviously come, subtracting September, some October. key veterans and adding very young players. Yeah, guys that, we're free agents at the end of the 23 right, season, right. and unfortunately the 23 season isn't working out the way we wanted, so I think it makes prudence and business and strategic sense to add future assets for those that, you know, are becoming free agents. Were you feeling a lot of calls for these two? We've, we've been busy. I mean, there's been a lot of calls. We've been pretty, I would say, fairly popular based upon the fact that we do have uh, several quality arms in particular available, and those are usually what most contenders are looking to acquire this time of year. You mentioned the youth of the, of the guys that you got back. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this a trade that you think improves your chances for, for 2024, or is it for further down the road? Yeah, it, it's certainly a, a long-term positioning on both these guys. Again, Caro uh, is 20. He's third or so youngest player in the Southern League. Uh, 
so to say he's going to be on the opening day roster in 24 might be a tick aggressive. Uh, both he and Bush have the ability to contribute next year, we believe, but uh, certainly not going to, to rush the development. They're going to let them still declare their own pace. As, as all y'all know around the game, catcher development can be a little little quirky. There can be fits and starts. Sometimes the offense is ahead of the defense or vice versa, and you got to wait for those things to even out. Uh, so far, again, as an extremely young player at a high level, at an advanced level, he's performed very well. And the defense continues to make uh, positive strides to match where he was offensively when he was in A-ball. So uh, very, uh, very optimistic about the development path for both these players, but not quite ready to put a timeline on them. How would you describe your mindset of just getting in the right headspace to do what you have to do right now? Yeah, look, unfortunately, I've had several weeks to get to that headspace. I'm, I'm you know, certainly not going to lie. The, the idea that we're, we're at this point where uh, guys like Chilito and Lopez, who we acquired back in 16, when we sort of kicked off a rebuild in earnest, are now the guys that logically made sense to move, given their contract status. Uh, there's there's an element of uh, real you know, deep disappointment that we're at this point right now. There wasn't more postseason victories along the way as part of their tenure with the White Sox. Uh, but in terms of that, you know, frankly, we have a job to do right now. I'll have time come August second to you know, have a drink and a cigar, and if I want to wallow in disappointment, do it then. Uh, but now is not the time. Now is the time to continue to improve the future of this organization, and I think we did that tonight. As you consider the you know more moves over the next few days, is, is your intention to position the team to, to be competitive right away next season? Again, we're looking to brighten the future of this club, and we're not going to force a timeline in terms of the targets. We're going to get as much talent and as high-caliber talent as possible. Uh, you know, talent that's closer to contributing certainly is more appealing than that's that's farther away, but most about just about every club's gonna feel that same way. So that's nothing nothing too unique. So that's Rick Hahn after making the Lucas Giolito and Reynaldo Lopez trade to the Angels. Uh, questions from Scott Merkin, uh, Vinny Duber, and Mark Carmen. A lot of CHGO representation there. Mark Carmen was up in 529 last night. You weren't. I'm, I'm just saying. Where were the, you it was a sellout. You could have said it up. 37,200 plus inside guaranteed rate field. Is there a place for me to sit? No, I feel, there wasn't. I, I feel like you could have invited us to the press box. <laughs> you know what? I could not have. That is not, I do not have that authority. You're having the same reaction Rick Hahn did when Scott asked him that question. Oh, geez. Um, it's the same right, reaction. Totally so. Yeah, I think most Sox fans have about, you know, is this another rebuild? I don't think Rick knows the state of the team yet. This, this boat that's sinking to the bottom of the ocean has not settled yet. You're not wrong, but also the front office has picked a direction. They know what they're trying to accomplish this trade deadline. What they haven't done is told us what that direction is. And to be fair, they might not accomplish what they want to accomplish, or they might accomplish something different. Other opportunities might present themselves. And there could be a different picture than they're anticipating by the time we reach Tuesday night. That being said, he just hasn't been vocal about what the goal is, what they want to do. And so... What they do want to do, which is obvious, is they want to get good players, right? And, and he was talking about that. He wants to get players that can help them in the long term. But does that long term begin in 2024? Does that long term begin further down the road? We don't know yet. And maybe they don't know yet exactly. But, for example, 
the guys they got in this trade last night, Edgar Cuero, very or Cuero, a very very highly rated catching prospect. Hey, they you're going to need a catcher next year, mm-hmm. but it's not as easy as plugging in a guy who's 20 years old right. who just made it to Double A. So. Did that solve a problem for 2024? No, it did not. That trade last night probably did not do that, even though he did throw in the caveat of, oh, maybe they could make a contribution of some sort. We don't know if that's going to be possible or not. And so they are going to have to make moves if they want to contend in 2024 to address, for example, catcher, which Carroll plays, or starting pitcher, which Kai Bush is. Kai Bush is a starting pitcher, but don't pencil him into the rotation for next year. So... The move that was made last night was a good move for the long term. It was a very uh, stereotypical trade deadline move, considering both Giolito and Lopez are going to be free agents at the end of the year. You can't point to that deal last night and say, oh, another rebuild incoming or another long-term thing incoming. It was pretty regular. And so that is a very important question. Are they starting a new rebuild? Are they going to try to contend in 2024? But we don't have an answer to it yet. So there was a report during the game uh, from Eno Saris saying, here in the White Sox are telling teams that are on set being competitive in 2024. So I'd take Tim Anderson off, uh, you know, players that could be traded what do you make I mean of this I mean do you think that they're going to keep Tim Anderson and it's the expiring deals like Joe Kelly who has a, a club option next year um, are out the door or maybe you know Aaron Bummer does interest somebody because he's a lefty with control Lance I mean, Lynn Lance Lynn as well like I mean do you expect it to be bullpen and expiring deals or I mean do you still feel like Tim might be on I, the chopping block I've always thought that Tim might not be on the chopping block because of the bad season that he's had and so if they're thinking, and you know, Sarah's a very reliable source, that they're going to be competing in 2024, why wouldn't they? This division is crap. Um, yeah, keeping Tim and getting the Tim that we normally see is key to that. And so trading him now would make zero sense for me. But, yeah, anything that's not locked down for an extended period of time, like Aaron Bummer to me seems like a, a give up if you trade him now. I know a lot of teams need a left-handed reliever, but... He's actually has a pretty good exit. He is, uh, his numbers are better than the actual traditional numbers that you put out there. And I know he's the whipping boy of White Sox fans, as uh, Joe Kelly was the whipping boy of White Sox fans last year. But he pitched much better than the numbers would indicate. And so keeping him, unless you're getting something that is just, hey, this guy can play and, and contribute to the 2024 White Sox, I think that will be a little too far-fetched. But anything that isn't like locked down, like Joe Kelly and his $8 million, same thing Kendall Graveman and his $8 million, those players can go, and I think they would actually have value because you have the extra year for those guys for the teams that they're getting traded to. So I think that uh, maybe they can do a quick like retool, but I don't think it's a full-scale rebuild. If you do trade Tim Anderson, that's a rebuild. Yeah, there's still some worries about the rotation, the bullpen for 2024, but it does seem like the lineup is somewhat there if they do keep Tim Anderson. Tim, it's short. Second base, Jake Berger is looking fine. He's got a homer already. Uh, you got Yohan at third base if he's healthy. Mm. Andrew Vaughn at first base. Aloy is the DH. Benny in left. Robert in center. Colos has a great arm. I mean, I, I love watching him play defense. Showed I don't know if he can hit yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then catcher, I mean, you know, it's it's not the most secure, the most exciting position with Sebi and Carlos Perez, but it's, it's catcher. It's the worst position in baseball. I'm just really concerned about this rotation. Let's talk about some of the pieces that they got back. Um, and also, I do want to extend a, an invitation to Rick Hahn. Uh, he said, I'll have time to come August 2nd to have a drink and a cigar if I want to wallow in disappointment. We love wallowing in disappointment. Come on to the CHGO White Sox podcast. We'll let you drink and smoke. Um, but the, he acquired two players. You said Ken Rosenthal said it was a coup. I think ESPN rated it a B-plus return for the Sox. Caro and Kai Bush. I have concerns with Kai Bush because... 
You mentioned starting pitcher. The most amount of innings he has is 103, and Rick talked about some of the injuries that he's gone through this year, I think a latch strain and a groin. Um, I'm just concerned that we might have similar issues with Michael Kopech, right? It's it's not a huge inning base for a starting pitcher. And really, I mean, you look at his, his college years, interrupted by COVID. He went from Washington State to St. Mary's. Seems like he's gone through a lot of changes. Maybe some security could help him grow and, and figure that out. Well, I think... You know, you're comparing him to Michael Kopech. Let's see if he gets to where Michael Kopech got first. That's I mean, fair. this is these are, these guys are young guys. They're at Double A. You know, it's not you know years and years away from the big leagues, but they've got a lot of development left to go. And I mean, we talked we've talked about uh, guys throughout the rebuilding process who were supposed to be part of that rotation, part of the bullpen, part of the lineup, who stumbled along the way. I mean, where's Alec Hansen today? You know, where are some of the other guys that we said, ooh? They're gonna. How they got more starting pitchers than they can handle, and then they still have to go out and get Lynn and Clevenger and 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 Keuchel and all the rest of these guys. So you're gonna have to let the development take its take its course. And so within those two guys specifically, you're gonna have to dial your mind back to the rebuilding days a little bit and say, all right, let them cook and 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 wait until they're done. Wait until that comes along. Is Edgar Caro the catcher of the future for the White Sox right now? Certainly should be. Should be considered that right now, but he's 20 years old. And so he's, you know, if I'm looking at 2024 and the White Sox are trying to compete, I mean, Sebi Zavala earns a lot of really good compliments from what he does working with this White Sox pitching staff, but the dude's hitting 150. I mean, he's had a lot of at-bats this year, and he's hitting 150. Exactly. I mean, if, if you're looking to uh, Im- uh, improve a lineup that – the offensive numbers are pretty bad across the board. You're gonna need. There are a few opportunities to do that. You got to go out and get a catcher who can hit. Yeah. You got to go out and get a second baseman who can hit. Jake Berger has a whole lot of home runs. He's batting about 215, I think. Like his on base percentage under 300. The, you know, there are some decisions that they're gonna need to make this offseason because there are contracts, big league contracts, holding a lot of guys down at a lot of these positions. If you have a few spots to improve where that is not the case, you gotta look at those you gotta look at those opportunities. I mean Carroll's a top hundred prospect rated by MLB. And so it's like getting a pit, a catcher like that switch hitting catcher who's twenty years old already in double A, I think is a coup for the players that they got back. Carroll had really nowhere to go in the Angel system. They already have Matt Tice as a catcher on their major league squad. And then Logan Ohapi, uh big-time prospect, their number one prospect, is also a catcher. So he really wasn't going to be on an Angels roster in the near future anyway. So that's a good uh, get for the White Sox. And then Kai Bush, I mean, I don't know if he's a starter. Hopefully, but also with Caro, he had blockage. In the starting rotation right now, you got Sandoval already, and you got Detmers. So that's two lefty starters. Are you going to have three lefty starters in your starting rotation? It's going to be tough. And so for the White Sox and Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams to get the players that they got for uh, Lucas and Ronaldo, I think was a steal. I'm not an analyst, of, especially of, of prospects, but from what the people are telling me, like the Aram Laytons of the world, they say the White Sox got a steal right here for the people that they're uh, dealing away. And we will be joined by Brody the Kid in about 10 minutes. Uh, it is the National Sports Collection. <laughs> collectors, collectors Convention. Collectors Convention. The National. I'm just, I'm not going to be cute we about should have, it. We should have national. given you those those four words and you could have set them in a mirror like a thousand <laughs> times this morning when you woke up. I was too busy saying Edgar Caro. Caro means I want. I, I want him to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, Baseball Prospectus put out a, their top 50 uh, mid-season prospect list about two weeks ago. Uh, Caro was 37 on that list. Uh, they wrote, why he succeed 
why he will succeed. Uh, I don't know if there's a prospect other than Ethan Salas who got an aggressive assignment in 2023. After a breakout season in the Cal League in 2022, the switch hitting catcher jumped straight to double A where he had to contend with the tack ball both at the plate and behind it. He was held to his own with the bat and made strides with receiving at the same time. The top line numbers don't look amazing, but the power is still there, and he remains one of the best catching prospects in baseball. While he might fail, he might not stick a catcher, and the bat doesn't have much impact at a corner spot, testing out what he, uh, testing out what to make of his offensive line given the level skip and different baseball makes this catcher even weirder. So it is a very, very interesting player. He's 20 years young. When he started the minor league season, he just turned 20, uh, right? His birthday's... Uh, uh, April 6th, that was the opening day of the minor league season. Dude was born in 2003. How old did that make you feel? Right. Uh, and he was he was 20 this year. Like, <laughs> and one of the youngest insane. players in AA as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's not crazy to see him struggling, like baseball perspective says, but I don't know if he's really struggling. Like, I mean, he is a switching hitting catcher who walks a ton. From the left-handed side, he has 17 walks and 11 strikeouts. From the right-hand, or from the, sorry, from the right-handed side, 11 walks, uh, uh, 17 walks, 11 strikeouts. From the left-handed side, 38 walks, 42 strikeouts. The power really isn't there, but also you saw some power in April, 424 slugging. In July, it's over 340. It was only a 308 and 278 in May and June. This is a very young player with an aggressive assignment. The Sox might be even able to send him down. I mean, hey, maybe go to Winston-Salem. Maybe go to Kannapolis. Like, this is a player that, if grown correctly, he could be a just not even like a, a, a negative at the catcher position offensively, which we've seen so much around baseball. I mean, that's why Yasmani Grandal got $72 million was because he was the best offensive catcher. So if he does have the ability to get on base, move the lineup, and then give us, you know, seven home runs or something from the catcher position and be a neutral defender, that's a great get for Lucas Gilito, who's going out the door, and Reynaldo Lopez. Kai Bush can turn out to be nothing, and, you know, you got a future catcher, and that's one of the most important positions, especially with how weak it is. So it's a, it's a fun prospect to have in the organization. I'm really excited to see what Caro does. I have a lot of more uh, worries about Kai Bush, but if he does end up in right or left field, I might, <laughs> might have a fit. Let's just let's just put him at catcher. I mean, I've, I've watched Yasmani Grandal for the last three years. I don't care if he can't catch. Doesn't Carroll automatically go to, like, the top three prospects the White Sox have in their, in their system? Like, oh, if he's, not two. He's a, yeah, top, he's I, a top 100 guy. But we have Colson yeah. Montgomery there. Schultz is. Schultz, uh, I think Schultz, Schultz is, like, 97. Yeah, Schultz is at the bottom of the 100. So, yeah, Carroll should be their number two prospect now, if you're looking at MLB.com, at least. Yeah. We got three of them. Let's go. <laughs> three top 100 prospects. Uh, more. Yeah, I, I, it's 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 an exciting time, and I, I do think that I know a lot of people are frustrated um, just with the fact that you have to get Lucas out the door, and, and and Rick talked about that. You know, it's just disappointing that in 2016 they went out and got Reynaldo and Lucas in that trade, and now they have to ship them out at this time. Um, I, I think that's the resounding feeling of Sox fans is. They just don't want to do this over again. They had to. Well, they had to deal with this with Lucas and Reynaldo. Like, oh hey, look at all the potential in these right. players. Like, you know, we, we have all the potential in the world in the 2023 Sox, and a lot of fans are saying this is the most disappointing season in Sox history. I mean, yeah, Yoan Moncada was a much more highly rated prospect than Caro. Yeah, right. Aloy Jimenez was a more highly rated prospect than Caro. You know, Kopech and and Cecil took their turns in the top ten prospects. I mean, this is this is. What you should be used to seeing, right? Is what you should be used to getting a highly rated prospect and hoping that he turns out. It's the, it's the turning out yes. part that, that that the White Sox haven't been able to put together. Not necessarily so much on an individual level as on a team wide level. And so, 
yeah, obviously the next few days we are going to be laser focused on who's going where, what they're getting back, and what the future looks like. But do not lose sight of the fact that take the, take the zoom out lens. It is ridiculous and damn near inconceivable that this is where this White Sox team is right now. They're 21 games below 500, and the guys that were supposed to be taking them to annual championship contention are getting traded away for more prospects. I just, and that's the sad part about it because uh, the people who are responsible are not going anywhere. I wish they had some type of culpability, some type of accountability for their actions, but they're just going to run it back after 11 years there and Kenny for 20-plus years there. So it's like... Um, I'm heartened by the good moves. Thank you, Rick Hahn. But also, he's more than earned uh, dismissal or reassignment from the position he's at. And 100% Kenny, too. And they're seemingly going to run back this uninspiring team in 2024. I mean, well, they, they have to. They, they have I mean, to. they're in a position where they've already they've already made that investment. And, and they have to. It's, it's what we talked about last offseason with how this was tough to make this roster budge. And I think they're from at least from a position player standpoint, they're going to be very much in the same position this offseason. And thank you to everyone watching us right now. We got over 80 people joining us. We are live from the national, uh, so make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button. We'll be joined by a uh, Sox fan and a collector in just a second. Want to let you know about some of our great sponsors, though. Take on the shade or take on the sun with gear built to last. Shadery A's, our friends at Shadery A's, have you covered with the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shadery A's is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world class product that's just as good as any expensive of pair we've worn. They're a lot better than all the cheap pairs I was buying myself. I treated myself, and I treated myself to sunglasses with durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures, and Shady Rays offers the most insane protection program in all of eyewear. If you are clumsy like me, every pair of sunglasses backed by lost and broken replacements. You don't need to worry if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, until they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop. Their team always has your back. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use code CHGO for 50% off two plus pairs of polarized shades. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Again, code CHGO at ShadyRace.com for 50% off two-plus pairs of polarized shades. Uh, also want to let you know about our friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, I won some money on DraftKings Sportsbook last night with Cody Bellinger's eighth-inning home run. New customers can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code CHGO. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code CHGO only at DraftKings Sportsbook. This isn't a DraftKings Pick of the Week uh, segment, but why not give one out? Uh, the White Sox are playing the Guardians tonight. Last time I checked, Guardians are at minus 105 on the money line. That's close enough to even money for me to take. Um, even though Dylan Cease is starting, Cleveland's been kind of pesky. Pes- pesky? Yeah. yeah, pesky. With Dylan Cease recently, it seems like, you know, last time he's been facing them, eight hits, nine hits, you know, they've been able to make some contact. The guards are, are not far behind the Twins in the mm-hmm. AL Central standings, by the way, too. And they just got Noah Syndergaard. <laughs> they could ch- they might, maybe they chase down the Twins. Maybe the guards go back to the uh, to the playoffs for the second year in a row. I'd like that. I, I mean, hey, I, I'm, I, I, I'll root for Jose Ramirez. I mean, oh, that, that guy's that so awesome. Uh, hopefully Edgar Caro turns into him catching Jose Ramirez. Ooh. That'd be fun. Uh, but terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. And again, sign up with code CHGO only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Uh, new customers bet $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. And finally, we want to let you know about our friends over at Pins and Aces. They're going to be helping us with our fantastic golf outing on August 25th over at Cog Hill. When you buy a ticket, you get uh, 18 holes, a 9 a.m. shotgun start, and a CHGO and Pins and Aces crossover polo for all players. But Pins and Aces is the official golf apparel partner of all CHGO and all city or of CHGO and all city. Uh, we love our pins and aces gear and get tons of compliments on and off the course. Our guy Steven hit up Arizona and was looking fly, getting compliments on the course. They're a family-owned golf and apparel business. They make amazing polos, hats, golf bags, and even our favorite beer sleeve, an innovative product that allows you to store seven beers inside your golf bag and keep the drinks cold the entire round. Check out pinsandaces.com and use code CHGO to receive 15% off your first order and get free shipping. That's pinsandaces.com. All right, we are joined now by Brody the Kid. Hi, Brody. What's up, guys? Nothing much. You can follow Brody on Instagram at BrodyTheKid1. This is basically your Super Bowl, right? Yeah. The National Sports Collectors Convention is the Super Bowl for cards. That's <laughs> what, how I put it. What, what's your golden goose? What's your, what's your, what, what are you looking for here? What, what card would you just be thrilled to go home with? Oh, I would love to get a Roberto Clemente rookie card. He was my favorite player of all time. I love a Roberto Clemente rookie card. They had baseball cards back then? Yeah, yeah. Had, there's, there's that one of like Honus Wagner from oh, like 1901. Yeah. Or yeah, I'm not a collector. Who's, who's, who's the young person here? You or Brody? <laughs> Brody. Brody, I just wanted to know how you got started on collecting cards. Because as a kid back in the 90s, we collected cards all the time. And I thought that had, you know, waned. Now I come here, it's like, no, it hasn't waned at all. So how did you get started? Well, my dad actually collected a lot of cards back in the 80s and 90s, too. So he introduced me to me when I was a kid, like when I was like about five, and I was a huge wrestling WWE fan, and it carried on when I started playing baseball, football, basketball, all those sports, and it just it continued when I started collecting those sports too, and it's just continued to now where I'm at the National Sports Collectors Convention. We had some uh, we had some old '80s packs of cards oh, yeah. in the office a few months back. What's the oldest pack of baseball cards that you've ever opened? I think it was 1981 Donruss. I did it a, a couple months back. I think on my daily rip, I think it was the last the oldest one I've done. Did you eat the gum inside? Yeah, we ate no. the gum. I think it's still stuck on the car. I think I just saw it the other day when I was going through a box, actually. <laughs> and who was in Who's in the pack? Anybody good? Uh, I don't think so. 81 Donruss is a little stale set. Yeah. Very thin <laughs> cards. Yeah. First year of Donruss, very thin cards. Why the gum sticks to it. I'm, I, yeah. I, I would give you a re- recommendation for the gum. It's not that bad. Um, it's very chalky. Uh, but w- what's the daily rip? Um, is it a, a, I know you got your YouTube channel, Brody the Kid. Uh, is that on your Instagram? What are you doing on your Instagram? What are you doing on your YouTube channel? Yeah, so I do it on my Instagram and my Twitter. I open a pack of cards every day, and I just talk about a different product every day, do a different pack of cards every day. You're a White Sox fan. We heard that. Yes. How's that going? <laughs> oh, boy. Not great. <laughs> I mean, at least we got the number two and number three prospect from the Angels. That's what we've been talking about. I mean, are you upset Giolito's gone? Or are you seeing some of the uh, silver linings here with the two and three prospects from the Angels coming over? I mean, I like that we got a catcher. I do like that because Rondall has not lived up to what we expected. He was good the first year, and then he's kind of been, you know, okay. Um, and, you know, we'll we'll see how it turns out. I, I Honestly, I wish we would have kept Ronaldo. I like Ronaldo. I thought – he was a decent reliever. He, he didn't have a great start to the year, but he seemed like he was doing a little bit better. And last year he was very useful and had a pretty good year. Um, but, yeah, I think number two and number three is pretty decent for two pitchers. 
on, on the hunt for an Edgar Caro card here at the, at the show? <laughs> Edgar Caro. Who's He's the catcher. That's the catcher. That's the catcher. That's the catcher. Okay. I did. I couldn't remember the exact names off the top of my head. He's uh, 20. I don't know if he has a card 20? yet. Yeah, when do they start making rookie cards? Do you have to be like – because like I, if he's in spring training next year, will he get a rookie card? Th- well, there's first Bowman cards. So first Bowman cards come in Bowman, and they are basically their first card that they get. And they could be anywhere really from about 18 and under, really. Um, uh, so Jason Dominguez, the big Yankees, young prospect – he actually got a card. I think he was about 17 when he got his first card, and it was a huge deal. One of his cards sold for about 450000 I think, was the price on one of his cards. Yeah, absolutely. Dollars? Yeah, yeah, and he hasn't made wow. any and he's, a, and he's a minor league player. Yes. <laughs> wow. Does he, does he have $450,000? He should yeah, try selling question. his own card. That's a good question. <laughs> yeah. And, and I wanted to know, since you do collect cards, what is your most valuable White Sox card in your collection ooh, right now? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. That uh, you caught me right there, you man. Got like a 1998 Jose Valentin. <laughs> he's a he's a <laughs> big Robin me. Ventura guy. Uh, Robin Ventura. Nothing. I bet he's got a 2001 Royce Clayton somewhere. Uh, <laughs> those are those are when you see trash cards, do you just immediately throw them away, or do you just keep them in the collection? I just keep them in the collection. I keep them in the boxes. Okay. How many boxes do you have? Oh, I don't know. That's 200 plus. I mean. White boxes? I, I mean, there's so many white boxes in my cabinet, it drives my mom crazy. Like shoe boxes or like like just office like, boxes? Just like white boxes that Ultrapo has here at the National. Oh, there. okay. You guys so, have like special collector boxes. Yes. Okay. You so have a lot here. Yeah, so how big is this convention we're at? This is the convention of yes. all conventions? This is the convention. And it is so many tables. And if you think this convention's huge it's huge because they about almost doubled in size this year it's crazy last year was in atlantic city and it was big but this like whole room over here wasn't here and like that room and all this area just wasn't here and now it's here and it's mind-blowing to me and i've gone here like six times it's crazy i've seen the the list of people here is there anybody in particular a uh, celebrity that you're looking to meet and get an autograph from. Anthony Edwards was one that caught my eye. I'm a big Georgia Bulldogs fan. Okay. I know it's kind of random, but it kind of runs for my family. So he was kind of one that caught my eye. Um, in terms of older guys, uh, Chipper Jones is a good one. Oh, wow. Ron Kittle I saw was on the list, which is pretty cool. Kitty. Yes. <laughs> Can make you a bench out of bats and balls. True. Chipper yes. Jones being old makes me old yeah yeah, yeah. that's yeah. all right i took it as an insult but i'm gonna let it go it's okay but brody said his favorite player is roberto clemente that's like, true like that's true. Yeah. i didn't you know i know he didn't see any of the games live i didn't see any of the games live but it's good that a youngster has gone back and enjoyed some great play from a, one of the greatest players of all time and one of the good great humans too humanitarians yeah i think this is this i love to get kids back into the hobby of card collecting and i mean that's where i started and i mean Roberto Clemente, obviously none of the kids can watch him, but they can research about him. He's a great human, great ball player. A legend. And, hey, I mean, maybe they'll retire his jersey. I mean, they're even doing Roberto League Clemente wide. Day. Could yeah. be. Could so be. That, that's been great. Uh, make sure you follow Brody on Twitter, at BrodyTheKid1. Go watch his daily and rip. 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 All right. <laughs> <laughs> his YouTube. Nice. And nice. His how, do you spell, how do you spell that? How many eyes in that? 
Three eyes. Three, okay. yeah. Exactly gotcha. three. Gotcha. Yep. Exactly three. Good I, to know. I like that he spelled it phonetically, yeah. too. Uh, make sure you follow Brody the Kid uh, on Instagram, uh, at Brody the Kid one and on YouTube, Brody the Kid. Uh, over 600,000 square feet here in Rosemont at the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center, the Super Bowl of collecting. So uh, thank you, Brody, for joining us, telling us about your hobby. And uh, if you do want to come down, I mean, it's going on right now, Friday, Saturday, and I think Sunday. So uh, a ton of days to come out here, collect, meet all your favorite athletes. Like uh, Brody's going to meet uh, Anthony Edwards and the old Chipper Jones. Um, but make sure you follow Brody on Instagram. I'm Sean Anderson. Uh, that's Vinny Duber. You can read his latest piece at allchgo.com with quotes from Rick Pond uh, about the Lucas Giolito trade. Um, some of the ones that we played today, but also a little bit more in-depth. So check that out at allchgo.com. Uh, you can follow him on Twitter, at Vinny Duber. He's our CHGO White Sox beat writer. We'll be at the park tonight. We'll have a post-game show. Herb and I will be joining you, and then Vinny will join us a little later after chatting with the folks. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter, at Eknerwall23. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter, at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow the show at CHGO underscore White Sox. we got CHGO Cubs coming up next. Thank you to Brody the Kid for joining us, and we will talk to you later tonight for the post-game.